Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I'm probably doing a little bit better than you right now, based on last night's, uh, we're recording this on November 30th, uh, based on last night's news breaking for your uh, your, your day job. So. Yeah, yeah, the, the, my day job. This is my this is my night shift, <laughs> my side side hustle. Um, yeah, uh, LSU hired Brian Kelly as their new football coach. So there you go. I've been up. I told you, um, told you before we started, this is the last thing I'm doing today. Then I'm going to go relax, have some me time and, you know, self-care. Yeah. Self-care, <laughs> take a nap or something. I don't know, but yeah. So we got a decent amount to talk about today. Um, we'll get into some of the games since we last talked to y'all. Uh, last time we talked to y'all was on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So yeah, about a week ago and the Maui was going on. A couple other tournaments were going on. Uh, we covered most of those in the last podcast, so we don't want to rehash those too much. And then we got some buy or sell, um, buying and selling to go on uh, at the end. And we came up with our own uh, different topics that we'll be debating. So Ish, I just want to run through a couple of the scores. Um, mm-hmm. Well, actually, let's start with with your news, um, the Sam Houston State oh, yeah. women's side. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the news dropped, I believe this was the 29th. So to, uh, Monday, uh, Monday afternoon, the news dropped that Sam Houston State or Sam Houston women's coach Raven Justice will take a leave of absence. She will not be coaching this season. Um, there's no specified timeline. It just says indefinite leave of absence from the uh, from the team. Uh, Brittany Mason, the assistant coach, who has been Justice's second, basically going back to I believe even uh, Prairie View and going back to, I think, A&M Kingsville as well. She'll be taking over as the acting head coach. Uh, I think Justin Carter even said that uh, their game on the 15th, she wasn't there uh, for unspecified reasons, according to the broadcast. So um, whatever it is, obviously, it's something that she's probably been dealing with for a little bit. So hopefully if it's something, you know, obviously it is something serious, but hopefully she can get it taken care of um, and come back next season. And obviously we kind of wish her, the best of luck dealing with that and uh for sam houston to kind of put unfortunately put in the put in the the middle of it yeah for sure um looking at the past week i think we have to start with the baylor men's team uh like i said we'll have a buyer sell segment at the end maybe get into them a little bit more but just looking at the results they end up beating arizona state 75 63 vcu 69 61 and then beat michigan state 75 58 to win the maui um, oh no, I'm sorry. This was in the Maui. This is the battle for Atlantis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah battle for Atlantis. Yes, battle for Atlantis. I watched the Arizona State game and VCU games both in their totality. I did not watch the Michigan State game. It was when I was driving back up here. Um, and just some quick takeaways. I I didn't learn too much about this Baylor team. I feel like I know what this Baylor team is at this point, and it's really mm-hmm. weird because 
a lot of teams at this point we're still feeling out like you know north texas smu you go down the list of teams even houston i feel like we're still kind of learning this SM, this baylor team while extremely talented has some new pieces to fit in there i still feel like i know what this team is to a degree and they're a very good team and they can go and win tournaments like this they end up outscoring michigan state 37 to 22 in the second half and their guard play is just always going to be in control. And then I think one of the things I want to get into a little bit more later, but Jonathan Chamochachua, I feel like really had his kind of breakout couple of games. I mean, VCU, I, I mean, in all three of the games, I thought he played really, really well. And he was, because mm-hmm. I was questioning, how are they going to, how is Jonathan Chamochachua and Flo Thamba going to be, how are they going to react with having more on their plate uh, with, uh mark vital uh obviously not there anymore and early on i was really concerned about that but jonathan chamochachua taking a step forward and really playing like he like they like the player they need from him on both ends mm-hmm. really settled me down a bit flow Th- flow played 14 minutes and uh jonathan chamochachua played 25 in that game against michigan state so we start to see, we're starting to see you know big john starting to take over those minutes a little bit more yeah, I think I think that when you looked at Baylor this year, you kind of wondered where where the natural step back would be, because um, obviously last year's team was so cohesive in how they played. And this year, I think where they've they're not shooting the ball as well from three, right? They're not. They were like they're they're. It was stupid how well they shot the three last year. They're not shooting that well this year, but their offense still hasn't fallen off as far as overall production. Also, I think they're defense has kicked back up to what it was 2019. Um, I don't think they're, I think better defensively is the wrong word. I think they were able to take the foot off the gas last year, a little bit defensively. Um, And then against Gonzaga and Houston, they were really able to put it back on and and make teams really uncomfortable defensively this year. I think they're finding that a little bit more of a balance between quite, not quite as being elite offensively. They're still very good. I believe they're still like sixth in efficiency for yeah. Ken Palm. Um, but they're around 20th in defensive efficiency last year. They're fifth right now. Right. And obviously that'll change when the schedule, I believe they have Villanova coming up, but I think right now they're kind of reverting to a little bit, playing a little bit more to this team's strengths, which, I mean, if you have somebody like a Thamo Chachua inside and, you know, he's not, he's a better scorer than he was last year, but he still is a a great defensive presence. Same with Flo Thombo, same with, I think Kendall Brown is somebody who's going to be really uh, valuable for them defensively as well. Um, Matthew Mayer as well, somebody that can be really valuable. And so I think that they're playing into their strengths right now. So that I'm kind of really curious to see what, uh, if that Villanova game is going to be really telling because their schedule has been, Okay, right. Uh, Michigan State was their best, which is a really good win. Um, but Michigan State's by far kind of the best team they've played so far. Um, and they took care of business. So obviously that that's something you like to see. But I'm really curious to see what happens when they play a team like a Villanova that can maybe, I don't want to say bust this defense, but maybe push them a little bit more than, they're, than they've been used to the past couple of games. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the box score, I mean, they shot seven of twenty six from three against Michigan State. Uh, uh, yeah, against Michigan State, yeah. and five of fifteen against VCU. So, it's a team still finding their footing on offense. Um, I do have like a kind of overarching point that we'll get into on buy or sell a little bit more. But overall, you win you win the uh, battle for Atlantis, and that's usually a good sign for you, and you're going to be a good team. And we know Baylor is just that um, at the very least a good team. So, mm-hmm. uh, rolling through a couple other scores here. 
Um, I don't have the box score in front of me for this one specifically. Uh, Texas beat Sam Houston State 73 to 57. Uh, then Sam Houston State also goes and loses to SMU 75 to 66. Um, the I Texas do... one was uh, 73 57. And I don't know if you saw it was actually in Gregory Gym. I did which see that, is, yeah. yeah, that was a really cool scene. And I don't know, kind of shows that uh, to me that Chris Beard kind of gets it, right? Like Chris Beard, he's into making these kind of, um, I believe it was their first game since 1977 to be in Gregory Gym. Um, and so it shows kind of like him being in touch with the history. And it was student only aside from students and media, basically. So like, it's a, I don't know, it shows how how tapped in he is to making that program you know connect with with students which has kind of been a problem in the past you know it it, texas hasn't been that program that you can expect a big home crowd you know the students really aren't engaged with men's basketball that much and you could tell he's kind of been invested more into making that change yeah uh just a quick look at the box score from sam houston and smu because we've we've talked about sam houston but we've kind of been waiting to kind of see exactly what they are. And mm-hmm. at this point, I believe they are now two and four on the year. Uh, Savion Flag is going to get his shots up, man. He mm-hmm. is shooting the ball. He's to 24 shots against SMU, uh, played all 40 minutes, three to seven from three, uh, got to line five times, 11 boards. Uh, he was only- actually hurt. I think he got hurt in the Texas game, and I'm not sure what was the, what was the status of him because he, he had 16 and eight. Um, but he was helped up off the floor. Um, yeah. I didn't know if he came back in or not. Yeah. So, I mean, Savion Flags continue to get his shots, uh, shots up. Lampley, Ikpe, all those guys are still contributing, but it looks like it's going to be, they basically replaced Zach Noto with Savion Flag. Right. And uh, while that's fine, Savion Flag only had one assist um, to 24 shots. Uh, that might just be what this team is at this point. They, don't look like they're going to be as potent as they were last year to this point, but they have played some difficult games. So I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, at least early on. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, the, the game that I sent you a box score of, or a, <laughs> a picture of, and I was like, what is happening here is UTRGV men's against Illinois. This is the same Illinois that is a top 15 team in the country. Coffee yes. Coburn, num- form, number one seed last year, you know, all that good stuff. UTRGV. <laughs> and this was in Illinois, right? Yeah, this is in yeah. Champaign, Illinois, St. Farm Center. UTRGV was playing with them, just playing right with them. I don't know when was the last time they had the lead. Let's see. I have it. 62-61 with 10 minutes left. Like... 71 to 70 with six and a half minutes left. UTRGV. I believe they doubled them up. Like it was like 24, 12, like 10 minutes to go in the first half or something 80, like that. Like 82 to 82 with three minutes left. This is U university of Texas at Rio Grande Valley. Put some respect. Let's go. Going to Illinois and pushing, pushing around the Illini. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I saw that, I was like, all right, well, we have to talk about this on the podcast now because UTRGV is just not going to let us live. They, they're they going to put it in our face and be like, you got to talk about us now. All right. Um, oh, where did it go? I just had the box quote. Uh, Justin Johnson ends with 28 points. Marek Nelson, uh, 23 points. Ricky Nelson, 15 points. They shot six to 20 from three. They didn't even do anything crazy, but they hung around with them. And yeah. That, that's an insane result. We've talked a lot about like Texas Southern and Prairie View occasionally having some crazy results, but like this is, this is up there. This is up there for the, one of the craziest results of, of the year. 
they uh down the stretch in the last two minutes it was again they were really going back and forth at him and then late what had happened was i think illinois size finally got to them because they were like i think illinois had like a two-point lead and there were like back-to-back drives possessions from utrgv that ended in block shots and then i think when they were up four illinois was up four utrgv they got a foul and they got sent to the line. They split the free throws. And so it just like, it was one of those situations where like you just had to keep trading buckets and eventually they just got kind of shut down. Um, but yeah, like you said, like, Jesus, I didn't, you sent me that. And I was like, is this game now? Is this like, I don't know. Is this like, <laughs> is this happening currently? But um, yeah, no hats off to them, man. That's, that's an insanely, insanely good effort. I mean, I was just look. I was just looking at our preseason predictions. I had them going six and twelve in the WAC, and you had them going four and fourteen ish. I think you owe an apology. Hey, look. Hey, first of all, we'll see when conference play starts. Hold this up, right? That's that's something to hold them to now. Um, But you made you made Illinois have to score ninety to beat you. That's nuts. That is nuts. Yeah, I didn't think I'd see the day where RGV is dropping eighty five on a Big Ten team. Yeah, I just I didn't think that was gonna happen. But here we are. Um, what are just another again? Tip of the cap, great result. We talked a lot about Texas Southern, PV, and other uh, smaller schools putting up good fights, and that is very impressive. So mm-hmm. we, we now have to keep an eye, keep our eye on them in the WAC, and uh, that might be a tease for something else in the WAC we got coming later. Um, on the women's side, the only real—I mean, there were a couple games of interest, but it, there nothing really stood out besides uh, Baylor beating Tech, uh, Houston 74 to 58. I was just looking through it. A lot of games, and this is on both sides. Uh, yeah. The men's side just have to, happened to have a little more Texas versus Texas action, but this is kind of like a lull period. It feels like it was like early on. It's like, all right, a couple teams got like big games out the way. So we were able to talk about those. Then there's a little bit of a lull and teams start to rev back up towards mm-hmm. a conference play. I don't know if it's Thanksgiving or what, but a lot of the games were just like nobody's. So that's why we don't have too much to talk about as far as specific games go. Um, but Baylor basically did what they've continued to do to a lot of teams. They're scoring the ball really well, 74 to 58. Um, Houston continues to, I, I don't think they should have won this game or anything, but you know, Houston women's continues to maybe not be as good as we hope they were going to be this year. So, all right. We don't have any music or anything, da, 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 da. Uh, but buy or sell transition, time. Transition Yeah. Buy or sell ish. Um, I pitched this to you about an hour ago. You were like, all right, let's do it. And we came up with three. Yes. Three different topics each. We're going to do this like PTI style for those of you who have watched that. Um, and yeah, we're basically going to say a question or statement of some sort, and we have to talk about if we buy or sell it. And just because we say the statement doesn't mean we believe it, we can talk, we can debate it off of that. So Ish, do you want to go first? I will go first and we're going to go right off Baylor. Uh, you mentioned the women just now. I'm going to start off right there. Buy or sell both Baylor men's and women's will win the big 12. I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell that because I don't, I don't think the men will win it. I don't feel great about the men winning it. Uh, the the really? women, okay. the women, I do think it's going to be tough, but I think the women, there's a more realistic chance and an easier path, I think. Right. Like mm-hmm. in the big 12, is there anybody ranked outside of Baylor and Iowa state in the big 12? 
not Oklahoma State, not Oklahoma, not Tech, not Kansas State, not Kansas. Um, is Iowa State not ranked? No, I said Iowa State, yeah. Outside oh, of Iowa State, State and Baylor, oh, is right, there anybody right, else okay. ranked in the Big 12 women's? I don't believe. Well, Texas, of course. Oh, Texas, yeah. I think I, mean, I still think Baylor's better than Texas. But yeah. so outside of those three, I don't see too much depth on the Big 12 side. I think the women will win it. Uh, on the men's side, I'm I'm iffy. I don't think they're I don't think they're a top six team in the country. Um, mm. Texas, I I have them right there with Texas, for me. Texas, and I think Texas has a little bit of a higher ceiling than the Baylor team, which might be a hot take to some people. Um, I can understand that, but I feel like with this Baylor team, there's just no the Davian Mitchell, the Jared Butler, right. the Macy O.T. I mean, those guys could win you games single handedly. And while I like what I've seen from you know, James Akinjo and Kendall Brown and Matthew Mayer and Adam Flagler. They're not those guys to me. James Akinjo, I think has the potential to be really good. He's probably one guy where I'm like, okay, he, I want to see him develop, but like Mm -hmm. for me, Akinjo has been inconsistent. Kendall Brown, they're relying on to do actually a good amount of things and he's a good player, but Mm -hmm. as a freshman, I don't know if that holds up Flagler and Mayer. We've talked about having been shooting the ball as well with more on their plate. And then the bigs, I was just raving about Thamba Chachua and Thamba. They still have to do it on a consistent basis. So um, I like their depth. I just don't think they have the ceiling that Texas has. Um, and then also we did, Kansas. I, I mean, I know, say, Kansas, yeah. I know Kansas lost to Dayton, but like Kansas yeah. is, is still Kansas here. And so. like they're, the, the thing with K, the, the frightening thing about Kansas is like they're still working, you know, KJ Adams into the lineup, which again, he's probably going to be a freak by the time this season's over uh Jalen Wilson's just yes. getting back healthy too so they've been playing kind of with I think I want to say he only played a couple he played his first game but he played his first game against North Texas and I watched that whole yeah. game and, and so he, he didn't, didn't start against Dayton he didn't start against Dayton so yeah. like who knows he'll probably be back in the starting lineup so yeah I just think it I, I I agree I think it might be one I don't know if this is the year where we can even feel 100% confident that Texas or that Baylor's the women are going to win um I feel I feel more confident, obviously, in them than the men. But this isn't like it's not like last year. We're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, why wouldn't you know, like, why wouldn't they? Um, there are definitely a lot more question marks. So yeah, I think we're I agree with you. Sell that one. All right. Uh, buy or sell Texas men's basketball could be the most fun team to watch in Texas. Now, um, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to buy this. Like, it's like if somebody came to you with like an idea, but like Mm -hmm. didn't have the actual product in their hand and you're just buying the idea. That's basically what I'm buying right now. Because if you look at Texas Tech's schedule, they still haven't played anybody, like anybody at all. And that's no disrespect to everybody on their schedule, but uh, they're six and oh, and they've won every game by 15 or more, like North Florida, Grambling, Prairie View, Carnet Word, uh, Omaha, and Lamar. Those are their six games. Granted, in those six games, they scored over 80 or 84 plus in all six of those. But we talked about it early in the season. Bryson Williams starting, Kevin O'Banner starting, Terrence Shannon starting, Kevin McCuller starting. And then you got some depth that you could throw in there too. And not to say Marcus Santos Silva isn't a fun player to watch, but Mm -hmm. you got a little bit more uh, uh, potency on offense here. Mm -hmm. I think they could very well be the most fun team to watch on the men's side, especially with SMU not being there yet. True. True. Um, man, I am going to disagree. I'm going to sell this. 
Because I think, I think if we talk about ceiling in terms of like, in terms of entertainment, not just talent. Yeah. I think it's also Texas. That's, I think you look at the collection of talent there. They have shoot the one, the one thing I, this could be just like the casual fan in me, like the, the, the inner casual fan that just like, mm-hmm. likes the way I like basketball sometimes on just like a very surface level um, aspect where it's just like, I could see that Texas team just run up and down the court all day. Yeah. You know, like I can watch now the, the, now the counter to that is, will they be, how much will they be doing that under Chris Beard, which is fair. Um, tight games. Right. Sure. Tight games. Chris Beard will probably not want them to do it that much, but I look at that collection of talent, Trey Mitchell, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen, Andrew Jones. Like I see, and then, and then like Brock Cunningham on defense, like I'll watch that dude guard anybody, you know, like I'll watch him take it. He's going to put up two points, play 30 minutes, but he's going to give you, you know, really good defense. And he's going to be excited to watch those charges. There you go. No, we should, we should use it. They need to start tracking charges stat wise. Cause you know, they do. (laughs) oh yeah i was about to say yeah yeah they have that ready to go uh for anytime he comes up with a stop but like that like i just there's so many things about this texas team that even you're just like if you knew nothing about basketball i feel like you could say like hey watch this with this team to anybody right hey watch trey mitchell's about to throw down this dunk or hey uh timmy allen's gonna just do the way he scores like those kind of garbage man points he's not a garbage man player but like the the undersized forward who can get the floater in there who's not really a great shooter but still finds his points um marcus carr and andrew like i don't know there's just so many things that i could point out to casual fans and be like no no no, watch this team do this this is gonna you're gonna be entertained by this two things first thing is I hadn't considered Texas Tech playing significantly slower against good teams, which might still happen under Mark Adams. They, they might actually just still go back to like playing a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Um, albeit the personnel is still there to be an offense team. Right. Um, I was thinking about SMU, but the other team I was thinking about was actually Houston mm-hmm. because of what we talked about last podcast, where it's like, they're just going to run off of any steal. I was about to say, that down. chaos factor is Yeah, the is chaos something. factor is just there. You're like, you, they're just going to run and be at the rim, regardless right. of what happens. And they actually have a little bit more like versatile scores across the board here with Sasser, um, Edwards, and uh, and whatnot. So that that's another team I could see thrown in there on the men's side. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm going to buy it. You're going to sell it. Yep. I, I need to see Texas a little bit more put it together, but that's a, that's a, fun, it's a fun discussion. Alrighty, for me, let's go to the women's side. The best women's, the best point guard in Texas in women's basketball, plays for a G five school. Okay. I am buying this. Now let me throw some names out. Then we yeah, I was gonna say because I'm looking through names. Well, the, the names I have on my mind. So I'm not gonna say which one's the best. I'm just gonna throw a group of five versus power five. So I'm looking at Stephanie Fisher. Kennedy Taylor, Katia Gallegos, Quincy Noble versus, that's not all of them, but that's, those are the type of names, versus Rory Harmon, Jordan Nixon, Jordan Lewis. Buy or sell? Damn, damn, damn this is tough. Um, I'm, go, I'm buying because I think it's Stephanie Fisher. I need a, is Quincy Noble technically a point guard for North Texas or is she a two? I guess, I guess point guard slash Play a play offense initiator, I guess. I don't know. Like, there's because Stephanie Vischer's not a quote unquote point guard either, but like, she's she's the one that offense runs through. Yeah. 
Um, okay, we could just do we lead lead guard. How about that? Lead guard. There you um, go. Yeah. Yeah. I man, as yeah, I don't think Rory Herman's quite there yet. Uh, That's what was why it was a fun discussion. That, that to me, that was why it was a fun question because like. Rory Harmon's obviously making a push for that. Yeah. Who, the, who you said? Who are the other group of five? Yeah. No, the or, other the other uh, high majors. J- uh, Jordan Nixon and uh, uh, Jordan Lewis from Baylor. Yeah, I was gonna say someone from Baylor. Jordan Lewis, Jamie Asbury. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, I wouldn't put them in there yet. I just I still think that Baylor team is just as far as Melissa Smith and Queen Egbo take it. I don't think that they're there yet. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna agree with you because I think it's okay. Stephanie Vischer. I think I'm going to buy this because I think it's Stephanie Vischer. Uh, Katia Gallegos, I was looking at her stats. They're a little bit down this year. Destiny mm-hmm. Thurman's taking a little bit of a step up there, but that's still a very good backcourt. Um, I will say I, I do like Texas A&M's backcourt a lot. We talked about this on the backcourt podcast we did before the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Nixon, Hobby, um, Wells, et cetera. But, yeah, because I, I, honestly, you could just you could say Vischer and Kennedy Taylor as top two. Right, and then go whoever from A and M, and then go from there, and yeah. then like uh, Roy Harmon in there as well. Obviously, making a and I throw. I was trying to figure for tech. I was actually trying to figure out who, and it seems like uh, Bryn Gerlich's been their initiator. Yeah. Um, so again, but it's like it might be too early to say like her or Alexi Hightower, kind of like the top, you know? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. No, that is. I will. I will buy that. I will buy that. Okay. We're both gonna buy that. Um. Yeah. All right buy or sell on the women women's basketball side the ceiling for texas tech with vivian gray is higher than we mm. thought yeah now, i saw I, this one i was i was looking through our predictions and we both had them finishing under 500 in conference play i uh, you had them eight and ten i had them seven and eleven now i went and obviously looked through their uh, schedule to this point and they've looked good outside of a loss to old dominion and that is obviously not a good result because Old Dominion is not a, I mean, they're a good team in Conference USA, but they're not like a rice of last year or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. And the thing about Vivian Gray is she came in and she played against Lamar. And then, and now I believe that was the third game of the season. And then she didn't play after that. So now I'm getting a little worried at this point. I'm like, okay, is she going to be back by conference play? I don't know. But that wasn't what I was, uh, what I'm selling here. What I am selling is um or what i'm pitching rather is the ceiling of texas tech with vivian gray being higher than we thought i'm gonna buy because i think what i'm getting confidence in with this tech team is the kind of by committee thing um they're really i mean lexi hightower is fitting in in her first year d1 insanely well brandon girl like i mentioned her just now obviously we've, we've talked about riley mckinney um I still think, and that was the transfer who's not really played. I forgot her name. Um, oh my goodness, I forgot her name. That's it was. Uh, You're the type that can't just like move on past it. You gotta like look it up. Be like, oh, yeah, right. It? It's like you can't. Yeah, you it? can't just let that thought linger. Yeah, I just want to let um, it go. Be like, oh well, and then just kept going. Brianna Scott. Um, oh yeah, Brianna Scott. Yeah. yeah, and so like I think. I don't know. I didn't expect them to look in the old dominion losses hurts the, they had to kind of had to count on Vivian Gray to bail them out against Lamar. But I go back to that Texas state win, which was really impressive. Yes. Um, they have, they have an interesting game against Georgia that I'm really fa- interested to see um, uh, coming up on the 2nd of December. 
I still think that them trying them figuring some things out this early without her is going to pay off. Now, how much does that pay off? You know, I, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if that punches them into that. I think there's probably a solid top three in the big 12. I don't know if that yeah. punches them into fourth or anything, but I think it maybe could punch them above 500 in conference, which again, huge step forward would be for, would be uh, w- that would be for her second season. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's and the part of the reason why I'm pitching this is because it's hard for me to pin down what this tech team is mm-hmm. exactly and how good exactly they are. Cause they haven't had Vivian gray and they haven't had Bramber Scott. Sure. Um, so it's been a lot of McKinney Hightower and Thomas, and while I will say they're, they're, they're 28th right now in field goal percentage, not without, again, without her. Right. So based off the schedule we have so far, they're, they're still shoot defensively. They could be, they could probably be better. They're about top 50, but shooting wise, you know, it might be one of those things where they can catch some, they can just make teams lives hell on the right night. Right. Yeah. Um, and they haven't had an overly difficult schedule. Texas State, um, like we said, was it's an incredible win. New Mexico is a good team as well. They beat them. They lose to ODU. Um, I'm. This is tough. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell it. I don't think that they get to 500 in conference. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just feel like everyone's gonna beat each other up in the middle of, of the Big 12 here. I feel like it's just gonna be. Uh, and TCU's women has kind of disappointed me. So maybe not as much them, but like, you know, you throw everybody else in there. And I'm like, I'm not sure that they can really break through because you're going to have to be top five to get to above 500 or, you know, 500 right. range. And sure. I mean, I know I've asked this in a hypothetical, but in all reality, I don't know Vivian grad Vivian gray status. I don't know Bramber Scott uh, when she's going to come back and that takes some time to adjust in itself. So in an ideal world, you have gray, you have Scott, you have this, this depth here that can score the ball. And I think that that would make this competitive. And I think that then you can get to nine and nine, 10 and eight. Um, but I'm not going to buy that. I, that it's higher than we thought before the season. I think where we were about right at eight and 10. All right. All right. Uh, you got the last, or you got, Uh, is that my turn? Yep. Yeah. All righty. Let's see. This one's pretty straightforward. Uh, buy or sell. Texas A&M men are good. Buy or sell. I'm going I'm to... The, hold on. Let me, before you do, they are 6-1. and one, Just beat Notre Dame. Beat Butler. I hate that Again, Butler's not like great this year. Yeah. Uh, Butler's not great this year, but still beat Butler. Ken Palm has them about 63rd. In the country, and if they if if you're top if you're top eighty, I consider you a good team. If you're top one hundred, right. I consider you a good team. Right now, they have TCU coming up on the eleventh of December, so that's a, but 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 we're trying to get we're trying to we're trying to judge this early before we even have that game we're, to base we're, them. We're off. trying to hit them on the peak, you know, hit them right, on the high. Right, point. right. We're trying buy, buy low, sell high. Yeah, we're trying to or, buy. or sell high as far as far as you're concerned, sell high. I don't know if I'll sell, but you, you're the guy that sells a bunch. So yeah, uh, um, I'll let you go. Uh, I'll let you explain, but I'm gonna buy. I can't buy. I can't. I can't. Oh, look. I can't. I can't. I can't take the samples that we've had in the early part of portion of the season, and then look at them beating Butler and Notre Dame, and say this changes what I think of this team because it doesn't. It was like. In theory, Texas A&M has the depth and the talent to be a top 80 team in the country. 
And, you know, they, like you said, they beat those teams. They're not great teams, but they beat them. And I didn't mm-hmm. think they would beat them. I honestly thought there was a chance they'd go like, Oh, and three in that tournament. Right. But they won. And so now we have to have this conversation about whether this team is good. And I just, I, I, I can't buy it. I can't, I have to sell it. Oh um, I, I like pieces on this team, Quentin Jackson, obviously um, they've had some other guys, Tyrus Radford. And you know, I think Wade Taylor's increasing his minutes as well. Finally, finally yeah. starting to come in. Yeah. Finally. Um, so they got pieces. I, I can't buy I can't buy at this point. It's it's gone up too high. If if it was again, if this was lower and lower like two weeks ago, I could have bought and been like, you know, I think they can maybe do something. But now at this point, you're asking me if this team is good. That's a big that's a big commitment ish. I don't I don't just throw that word around. You're you're a hater, man. You're you're gonna be watching this. So you're gonna be watching this team. You'll know more than anybody probably because you'll be watching this team when they play LSU. So you'll probably have a chance to see them in person. Um. I don't man, I don't know. So I watched that Notre Dame game and they did a great job of one, they're 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 getting so much better on defense. That's my thing. Yes. They're doing a great job of packing the lane. It's hard, it's really hard to drive on this team right now. They drew, I think, three or four charges, and not like the cheap college charges where the dude's up in the air and they just like throw themselves in the lane and get the charge call, like an actual like charge in the lane. Um, they came from behind, they were down 41-27 at one point. The perimeter defense, it has a switch. Like, it really does have a switch to where if they need stops, it can generate turnovers. It can really – I was impressed with um, uh, Quentin Jackson, who was probably their best player against Notre Dame, finished with 18 points. His perimeter defense was insane towards the end. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought this I, – I Javante Brown was another one that I was really impressed with. And Wade Taylor, Wade Taylor, if he can – if they can get this solid 20-ish minutes from Wade Taylor a game – like again, he's not going to put up. What was it? He put up like fourteen points in eighteen minutes. Like insane. Not going to happen all the time. But he also he. The one thing I did like is that he's aggressive defensively. He had four steals and four fouls. This dude is going to take risks. He's going to try and press you. He's going to try and be aggressive on you. And him being a freshman and him not being a key piece of that team right now, you know, he's not going to hurt you with if Wade Taylor gets four fouls. Okay, you know that's probably what he's what he's got in him, right? You know he's like, I can get this guy out there for four fouls, probably get some foul trouble, but he's gonna probably generate so much havoc. Um, and I think Buzz Williams is gonna appreciate that about him. I don't know. I came away from that. I was skeptical after that uh, lead they blew against Wisconsin, and uh, then I was like, okay, they beat Butler. Butler's okay. Notre Dame's pretty good. They're not a great team, but Notre Dame's about a top fifty-ish team, and they came back from forty-one to twenty-seven. So I'm, I'm buying low. I'm buying low. And it's I not think low. It's not low. They just won. They're buying? No, not, they're, I mean, they're, they're still, you're relative. still, you're still, okay. I'll, yes. I'll buy modern, relatively low. I'll buy relatively yeah. low. Right. Yeah. I'm not buying them after Houston Baptist or something. Right. right. So, okay, fine. Okay. Uh, but I'm not going to wait until they play a TCU or an Arkansas or something. I'm going to buy them moderately low. Okay. So. Yeah. No, I get that. I get and that. You're it's still hater. like, so. It's still, it's still like low. You had like the AM Corpus Christi, then the Avalon Christian wins, and then like right, want a couple a bump up after, and you're buying yeah, it like a little here. Bump. You're buying it like here, right? If, now if they win a couple, it's of like more, the, uh, then it's different. It's like the uh, the uh, what's it? The GameStop stock just when people started mm-hmm. to realize it. Like you're just like, hey, this is going. Hey, something's going on here. Buy real quick, just before it takes off to the moon. You know. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what's going to happen <laughs> with this A&M team. A&M to the moon, baby. <laughs> uh, the TCU game, because I'm, I'm – I'm not hot. I'm TCU is not doing so hot either. They better beat TCU. That's all I'm going to say. Cause other than right. that, they don't really have too much. They don't really have a difficult schedule. And no, before con- Oregon, State which, one. which I don't blame them. I mean, if they were expecting this to be kind of a rebuilding year, that SEC is going to be tough. So I don't know why you make it tougher on you. So, yep. All right. Buy or sell. Where'd it go? Buy or sell Tarleton State will finish top seven in the WAC. For context purposes, um, Tarleton State was projected to come in ninth, tied with UTRGV before the season. Um, at least that was in the coaches' poll and in the media poll, they were predicted to come in eleventh. No, I'm sorry, ninth. They were coming ninth in both polls, okay, Tarleton. Okay. So. Will they finish top seven? Buy or sell top seven finish for Tarleton? And as we talked about, the WAC is a good, very good conference here. New Mexico State, SFA, Grand Canyon, ACU, Utah Valley, California Baptist, Sam Houston, Seattle. That's eight. Are you going to rain on the parade? Mm, Bye. I'm buying it. Oh. I'm buying it. Tarleton to the moon, baby. There uh, we go. This is, no, that, this team is weirdly like competitive yes like high level competitive not just like oh they're beating was their one win uh paul quinn i don't know what paul quinn is um but they're they're beating that it's like no they're like gonzaga pretty well like michigan pretty well like they're hanging in there man there's a they're causing problems for this team in ways that i didn't expect defensively they're actually pretty legit um yeah no i'll buy this if if you're asking me if they can be better than let me see if i can look at the 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 whack who are those eight names that i said so i i think they're better than sam houston at this point i was about to say i would i'd say sam houston i'll say i mean utah valley cal baptist dick utrgv lamar they can be they can be better than those teams like that and then you just got to be better than like dixie state chicago state which are probably at the bottom probably gonna be yeah um yeah, no, I don't know. It, it, I think I think they can be. There's only this four team, teams. This, this schedule's really weird, and they're doing okay against it. I mean, they're one and six, yeah. so it's hard to say okay, but still grading on a curve. <laughs> yeah, that's where we get dive deep into the one and six Tarleton State basketball team here. I don't know. Um, right? In the WAC, there's only four teams that they cannot be better than at any point: New Mexico yeah. State, SFA, Grand Canyon, Ace, Abilene Christian. Right. Those, that's those right. are the four. Everybody else here. I, I think they can compete with, and that oh, is yeah. something that can get you into the top seven very easily. If you can compete with these teams and you can pull out a couple wins, maybe on the road that you're not supposed to. And we've seen that they don't mind playing on the road. They are very comfortable playing on the road. And I mean, they trailed Gonzaga by one at half. Uh, Taj Smalls goes off for 25 points. Um, Montre Gibson only had nine points, but we know what Montre Gibson can do. They looks like They look like they have some depth. They look like, um, and as far as depth goes, I mean that they look like they can play six guys reliably, um, which mm-hmm. is just a depth as far as who you trust to play. Cause some teams don't even have five guys that they trust to play. But if you can do that and you can hold Gonzaga to 64 points, this is a Gonzaga team that last year had one of the best offenses ever, obviously different personnel, but still Chad Holmgren, Drew Timmy, Andrew Nimhard, they all played this. They didn't not play 
And I guarantee you at halftime, they were like, all right, we got to turn it on. We got to beat the hell out of Tarleton State. And then what do they do? Gonzaga only outscores them by eight points in the second half. Tarleton took a lead in the second half. Like, they took the lead. <laughs> like, like, this is like they forced, I think, 16 turnovers against Gonzaga. Again, against a Gonzaga team that the only other team to force that many turnovers was Duke this year so far. Yeah. Um, they had Michigan had 21 turnovers against them. Like, they are, I believe, they're top 25 in turnover percentage defense, like Tarleton is. And they don't turn the ball over. They're 94th in offensive turnover percentage. They've only, like, I don't know. I feel like this is uh, their fifth in steal percentage. Of, uh, and, and then again, they're 20th in uh, defensive. They don't turn the ball over and they just force you to get so frustrated and they get you out of rhythm. And again, we talk about aggressive play on the perimeter. This is, I mean, this is why you hire a, a, a Billy Gillespie, right? You hire somebody who knows how to coach high level basketball to kind of elevate probably the the level of play you're going to get at this level. Um. I feel good that they have two go-to players here in Gibson and Small. And like you said, let's, this just highlights your point even more. Michigan had 38 shots. Tarleton State had 56 shots. Michigan had 21 turnovers. Tarleton State had nine. And again, this is in Ann Arbor on the road. So when Tarleton State goes to Abilene Christian and plays in Abilene, they're not going to be like, wow, I'm shook. No, they right. played these games. I, I trust them to get top seven. I'm buying 100%. Um, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I, I need this. That, that ACU Tarleton game better be on, on somewhere, somewhere. Cause that's going to be like, that's going to be like 50 combined turnovers, 30 steals each team. Like it's going to be like, that's, it's going to be disgusting. great. It's going to be like <laughs> 70 possessions on each side. Like just going back. go mode, man. Just I go. <laughs> Absolute sicko ish. Uh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that chaotic game. That's going to be fun. Conferences. I, I just, I'm just ready for conference to get here because it just will make life so much easier um, to evaluate these teams. All right. I do have a bonus one. Okay. Because we're recording this on Tuesday. Buy or sell, Rice men's basketball has to beat Texas State tonight. Oh. Has to beat Texas State tonight. Sell on has to. If the look, like, oh my god, all right, he's all right, he's man. waving all me right. off. You're, all for, right, keep podcasting keep buying... is a visual medium, Matthew. So I got to explain that you're blowing me <laughs> off on. The, you're let me, waving let me, me off on the podcast. Let me here. read. Let me read off the scores since I sold Rice against Houston. Uh, you said Houston you game. said have to beat. They have to beat Texas no. State. Here we go. Oh my, all they right. beat New Orleans by five. Yeah. All right. Not a good result. Okay. They beat Evansville, and Evansville is not a terrible program, but they're usually not great. Uh, 109 to 104 in triple overtime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a team that last year I would have expected Rice to beat handily. Uh, they lose to Oakland by three, and they lose to Fordham by 10. So we're looking at four games, none of which are impressive. They have yet to have an impressive game this season. And you're over here saying, oh, they can just lose to Texas State. It doesn't they matter. Can, they Texas just, State's probably better, like actually better than them. They like, are. They are. They no, 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 no. Play here, well here, for once. Here, can here, Rice here, play no. well for once? Or are they just gonna keep playing down to the here's team? where I would I would have bought it if it said they can't lose by double digits. They can't lose by if they lose by 15. They're gonna get smoked. <laughs> okay, then we got. If they lose by 15, then we got a problem. 
because I believe Ken Palm has them rated. About, I, mean, I think Tech State's better, but I think based on the results so far, Ken Palm has them rated about the same. Well, and so also, they, yeah, like I said, Ken Palm probably had Rice higher before the season, and it true, takes the true. time to adjust. Right, right, right. But still, like it, it, the fact that they're according with with preseason projection and with what's happened so far, yeah. they're rated about the same. So if they lose by fifteen to a team that quote unquote they're rated the same as, that's a problem, right? That is a legit problem. If they lose by five, set, like I, it's tech. I, we expected Texas State to be better. Like I don't think this is the game to where I'm like, up, oh, they're done. I'll tell you what's another. I'll tell you a game that they should be worried about. December 11th, Houston Baptist. Then they get December 16th, Incarnate Word. Those yeah. are some games that they need to win. You- I don't think they need to win this game what's gonna happen if they if they win those games by like three and four then they go to conference play and start off with like uab that's gonna kick their teeth in and then we're then you're gonna have to sell see but then the stock's gonna be low you gotta sell when it's like at least at like a decent level here (laughs) this is we're giving an economics class today i know know, right (laughs) um but i'm looking at the box right i'm just looking at box scores against fordham and I'll I've seen all these. This, I'll be watching this game and I saw, I'll be able to see. Oh, yes, yes. Um, maybe in my self care day, I'll be watching it. Just <laughs> have it on while I'm at the spa or something. Um, I, I, they added Carl Pierre, and I thought that was a good addition. And I really thought the Carl Pierre edition would just take them over the top. And instead, it's been Carl Pierre has kind of just transformed into what Travis Evie and Quincy Olivari like were last year. Like, if you look at the Fordham game, he puts up 26 points, Travis Evie puts up 12. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Feeler, seven points, five fouls, two turnovers. Chris Mullins, who I thought was going to be really good, and Cameron Sheffield, who I thought was going to be really good, six and five points. Quincy Olivari, six points in 20 minutes off the bench. Like, yeah. if you're Quincy Olivari coming off the bench, you're Lou Williams. Go score 15 points off the bench. With the pace that this, this team plays, uh, <laughs> you lose a game where you shoot 12 or 24 from three. Like, Against Fordham, and I'm sure Fordham's not bad. Where where do they? Where's Fordham in the Kin Kin Palm? Oh, never mind. 234th. Uh, so you lose to the 234th team in Kin Palm, and you shoot 12 of 24. Imagine when they don't shoot 12 of 24. I don't know. I I can't. I I went and checked them. I was like, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I gotta go. You know, buy some more and try to cut my losses. No, we just we sold. We're done. It's out. Um, Travis Evie is still putting up 16 points a game. Carl Pierre's at 15, and then it's just starting to drop off. I'm really worried that Quincy Olivari is only at five points per game because that's a guy last year that was putting up. Did he not lead them in scoring last year at 15? Here, I, I got the stats right here. Last year, Quincy Olivari, yep, led him in scoring at mm. 16 points per game, and now he's at five. Something's mm. not right-ish. Something is not right. It's not like he's not playing. He's playing. He's he's playing. Playing the same amount basically. So yeah. So we'll see. We will see. All right. All right. We'll All right. Um, I, I do think Texas State wins that game by a decent margin, but we will see. Um, but let's get this podcast out. Let's wrap it up. Um, yep. we appreciate everybody for joining us today. Uh, we hope you enjoyed by yourself. Like I said, once conference season starts, we'll have a lot more normal i guess podcast where we can just kind of go over what's happening because it'll be a lot more of a rhythm but until then we like to have fun and uh maybe i'll add some music back on the uh when, when we ask the questions like a game show type thing uh but yeah hope you all enjoyed it uh follow us on twitter at dct basketball follow ish on twitter at ishmael r johnson follow me on twitter at matthew Bruni underscore and yeah thanks for joining us we'll talk to y'all later <laughs>